Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trainer here with you. It is Monday, July 26th. That means tomorrow, the New York Giants officially open training camp. The rookies, quarterbacks, select first-year players, select injured players, all reported last week, but the rest of the team is due in on the 27th, which is tomorrow, and we will be kicking things off with um, detailed shows, hopefully, on what we are learning from Giants training camp. So it should be very, very exciting because we have finally made it through. The long down period in between the OTAs and mini camp and the start of training camp. So we got a busy week ahead for you here on the Locked on Giants podcast on today's show, which by the way is brought to you in part by the Peacock and Williamson show, which airs Monday through Friday on the Locked on NFL podcast network available on Odyssey and wherever you find your podcasts. But uh, so anyway, coming up on today's show, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View will help me break down the Giants training camp. We're going to preview it of sort. Um, We'll talk about the, the hot topics, the issues, things we're curious to find out and so on and so forth. And then coming up a little later on the show, I have a very, very special announcement about tomorrow's program, which... I have a special guest coming on the show. This is something you will not want to miss. And I will tell you all about that later on in the program. So hope you will stick around and tune in to find out who it is, because I'm sure you will be happy that you did. All right. So we are going to jump into a training camp preview with Ed Valentine, who is from Big Blue View. And Edward, are we ready finally for the start of training camp? I am ready, Patricia. Thank you very, very much for for having me on. And uh, you just back to uh, back to football, and 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 our summer vacation is coming to an end. Yes, it is. Next break we get will be the bye week. Although, let's face it, Ed, we never really get a break. I mean, we're always cranking out content and doing stuff. But uh, you're right; the the intensity is going to pick up. And speaking of intensity, this particular training camp, to me at any rate, looks like it's going to be one of the most competitive ones in a while. I mean, the Giants upgraded talent across the board at receiver, at cornerback, at edge rusher, um, at linebacker, just, you know, defensive line. Do you view this as a, a, one of the most uh, competitive camps that they've had in a while coming up? Absolutely, Patty. And I think it speaks to the fact that the roster is getting better. You know, at Big Blue View, I've been doing position by position previews. I think all of us have been doing those in in some fashion. And and I call them sort of better or worse at whatever the position happens to be. And and I think that that we can argue about the offensive line if if you know, and I'm sure that that we will and but I haven't really come across a position, you know, other than arguably the offensive line because of the loss of Kevin Zeitler. You know, if you want to say the offensive line is on paper worse than it was a year ago. Um, 
but I haven't come across a position where I feel like like the Giants are worse than they were a year ago. Uh, and part of that might be development of young players, but but part of that is also veteran depth being added. You know, some exciting draft picks being added. I think that the Giants are going to wind up, you know, they're going to wind up cutting some some NFL caliber players this year. And and that makes training camp interesting in terms of the various uh, the various competitions for roster spots. And, you know, that's an interesting point, Ed, because if you go back and you look at past years when the Giants have cut guys from the roster, not a whole lot of them land up on other teams rosters so that's a very good point to make so Ed, let's let's uh you know you mentioned the offensive line and let's start there because that seems to be like the top question i know i get when i do mailbags and when i interact with with listeners and readers on on twitter how comfortable are you with that offensive line and and just you know when you look at that group you know the giants they've expressed confidence that that group's going to be okay but what exactly are they basing it on, considering that they haven't put pads on yet? Well, I think they're basing it, Patty, on their own long-term evaluations of, of what they think these guys are capable of. And and I've said this. I don't know if it's going to work out. I think Andrew Thomas is going to be better than he was a year ago. Do I think he's going to be a pro bowler or an all-pro Probably not, but I do think he can develop into in, into a quality NFL left tackle. I don't know what Shane Lemieux is going to be, but he can't be a worse pass blocker than he was a year ago. He should get better with experience. Um, having talked to Duke Manyweather about Will Hernandez, you know, this offseason, I, I feel good about the work that Will Hernandez has done. I think Hernandez gets a little bit of a bad rap. I think he's a He's a, an average NFL player. He's not Quentin Nelson. He's not maybe what the Giants build him as when they drafted him. But I think he's better than than people want to give him credit for. I have confidence that Matt Pert is going to be okay at right tackle. You know, and and I and I think Nick Gates is is a good NFL center. But you know, back to your point about what they're basing it on, I think the Giants evaluated, you know, a lot of these young players as good long-term investments, you know, and good long-term NFL offensive linemen. And and it's a gamble, it's a risk because it hasn't proven, you know, that a lot of these players aren't proven. But I like the fact that they've sort of pushed their chips to the table and said we believe in these guys, we think these are the guys to go forward with. You know, these are the guys we drafted and we're going to develop these guys. Is it going to work? I think we'll all find out together, you know, the up during the upcoming season. But I kind of like the fact that they've that they've pushed their chips to the middle of the table with this group and, and said, you know, these are our guys. Yeah. And, you know, you're right. Ed. I mean, it's like I've said in my uh, responses to people you like to think people are going to grow and get better in no matter what it is they do. I know when I first started out as a writer, as I'm sure you, you what's the case with you, you know, the stuff you wrote years ago probably doesn't come close to what you're writing now. So oh, you are you giving, better. are you giving me the Dave, the Dave Gettleman? Did you guys write Pulitzers when you first started out in the <laughs> business line? <laughs> no, not really. I wasn't going there, but you know, 
But now that you mention it, yeah, my point being is, is that people do grow. They do get better. It is a little bit of a, of a gamble because it does depend on, you know, the personality and how willing a person is to work at their craft. So that certainly factors into the equation. But uh, certainly that offensive line is a key to, I think, unlocking the offense. Now, I'm speaking of the offense, let's kind of zoom out a little bit here and talk about the offense as a whole. Now, last year, the Giants really didn't do a lot of deep passing, probably because, you know, that offensive line wasn't consistent, probably because it was a new system and Daniel Jones, the quarterback, not really comfortable, uh, fully comfortable in that system, at least not until the back end of the uh, season. That being said, do you anticipate that offense becoming more of a deep vertical threat this year? I mean, what other changes do you think we'll see differently in that offense that we didn't see last year? Well, Patty, I do think that 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 offense has to become more vertical. You know, maybe not. We're not going to see the way that I put it is we're not going to see the Kansas City Chiefs. We're not going to see the old, you know, Daryl LaMonica you know, Oakland Raiders just, you know, bombs away on every play, you know, throw it as far as you can and and, and see what happens. We're not going to see that. But I think that the Giants have to get more verticality into that offense. I think Kenny Galladay's strengths play into that. You know, John Ross is a speed guy. Kadarius Tony is probably more of a guy that you throw underneath stuff to, you know, catch and run kind of stuff. But I do think the Giants have to open up this offense, and and I think they recognize that, Patty. I think that's why they went out and, and got the players that they got. So uh, I think we'll see some some differences in this offense in 2021. I, I think we have to. I mean, the Giants finished 31st in the league in points scored a year ago, and and if they're going to be competitive, if they're going to – you know, if they're going to win enough games to to be a viable playoff contender by you know by the end of the season, you've got to get to 25, 26 points a game. You've got to get to at least league average, if not above, and and they've got to make more plays to do it. Yes, indeed, they do. And Giant fans, we have a lot more coming up with Ed Valentine of Big Blue View as we get you ready for the start of Giants training camp. Kicks off on July 26th. That's tomorrow. And we, of course, will be there. I will be there for sure. And um, looking forward to bringing you the latest in terms of updates, audio, observations that I can bring you within the rules that have been laid out and all that good stuff. So before we continue on with our talk with Ed Valentine, Built Bar is a healthy, low-carb, low-sugar, and high-protein treat that will satisfy your sweet tooth. Choose from nine amazing flavors, plus the occasional limited-time offering, available in nut and nut-free varieties. Visit BuiltBar.com and get 15% off your first order with the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 at BuiltBar.com for 15% off your first order. And Giant fans, excitement is in the building for the 2021 season, which, in addition to some competitive football, will include the Eli Manning jersey retirement ceremony and ring of honor induction, and of course, the celebration of the 10th anniversary of the Super Bowl 46 team. And when you pick up a copy of my book, The Big 50, The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants, you can read all about Manning's legacy, the Super Bowl team, plus 
many, many more men and moments that change the Giants franchise's history. The Big 50 New York Giants is available in paperback and electronic formats on major resellers such as Amazon and Barnes and Noble and wherever you find books. So get your copy today and relive the amazing history of the New York football giant. You've got Patricia Trana here on the Locked on Giants podcast, and I'm with Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and we are previewing the New York Giants training camp, which officially gets underway tomorrow, July 27th, and the media schedule, just for those wondering, there will be Zoom calls with Coach Judge and select players. Media won't be on site until Wednesday. Wednesday, excuse me. So that's when we'll start to see uh, the players in person. And of course, the first five days of practice will be the acclimation period. So they won't be in pads, but I do expect they will be doing a little bit more than just the basic fundamentals over the course of the acclimation period. And Ed, let's get back to our conversation. I found it interesting that Joe Judge tweaked the offensive staff, the coaching staff in the offseason. He took Freddie Kitchens off of tight ends duty and he moved him to um, I, I think his title is senior offensive assistant, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so with that said, I mean, how do you anticipate Kitchens maybe influencing this offense? I mean, we got, we did get a, a glimpse of how he would run things last year for one game when Jason Garrett had to miss the game because of COVID, but what kind of, you know, meshing do you see between what Kitchens has been known to do versus what Garrett has been known to do. Well, Patty, I think it's interesting because when we've talked to Joe, Joe has said that that Freddie Kitchens as senior offensive assistant that one of his big responsibilities will be helping Rob Sale, you know, a first-time NFL position coach work with the offensive line. But I mean, come on. I mean, if if Freddie Kitchens, you know, who's who's Joe really kidding here? Because Freddie Kitchens is sitting right in a, a job that that might as well be, you know, offensive coordinator in waiting or offensive coordinator, you know, if, if I get tired of Jason Garrett. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I mean, it's it it it's pretty apparent that that that's where Freddie is sitting at this point. So, I don't know you know, how well Freddie and, and, and Jason will mesh together. But I do think we saw w- when Kitchens had to call plays, we did see a little bit more verticality last year. And, uh, you, and I, and I, I think we're going to see, we're going to see that this year from Jason Garrett. I think he knows that the giants have to score more points. And I think he's got players this year capable of, of making some plays down the field. And I think we'll see that, but I, I do think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, to see the dynamic in this coaching staff. There's, there's guys in different places with kitchens. There's, you know, Pat Flaherty to help the offensive line, Freddie kitchens to help the offensive line. So, so it's an interesting dynamic. There's, there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, and I'm curious to see how that that works out because sometimes when you have too many cooks in the kitchen, you can spoil the dinner. And you know, by the way, I agree with you about Freddie and helping the offensive line. That's I think that's why they brought in Pat Flaherty, and Freddie is just going to kind of be more of a big picture type of guy. At least that's my take on it. But you know, 
Joe knows what he wants and until we see otherwise or learn otherwise, we go by what he says, I guess. Um, Ed, one one other question regarding the offense, and then we'll flip over to the defense real quick. But the skill position players, you know, um, the Giants, I think, are pretty much set at the receiver spot. They just have to figure out the bottom of the depth chart. But one guy that I keep finding very interesting amongst the skill position players is Saquon Barkley. Now, we know at some point Saquon is going to be back. We know that. We don't know when, and I don't know if the Giants are just playing coy with everybody or they legitimately don't know. But I'm just wondering if Saquon, as I suspect will be the case, isn't ready for the start of training camp and is you know, significantly limited throughout the summer for when he does you know, get the green light to go, I'm just wondering, you know, in the beginning part of the season, I don't anticipate Saquon taking a full workload. I know you probably don't either. That said, how do they kind of manufacture what Saquon does so well if they don't have him, you know, if if the possibility is they won't have him for, you know, his full workload? Well, Patty, let's be realistic. You don't replace the talent of a Saquon Barkley. I mean, Wayne Gallman last year did a nice job and I know there were a lot of you know people that were surprised and some fans that are still annoyed that the Giants didn't bring Gallman back and and I know that in the past you and I have both said we like Wayne Gallman's running style but when you really really look at Wayne Gallman you know Wayne Gallman is a a hit the hole get as much as you can push the pile kind of effort runner he's not he's not a make the he's not a make a guy miss you know break a tackle down the field kind of guy he's not a big play kind of guy and and, you know those are the things that make Saquon Barkley special that ability to to make something out of nothing that ability to to get to the second level and, and and make a guy miss or run through a guy or just outrun a guy or or jump over a guy you know whatever it might be you don't replace those things but i think part of but i think also that that's part of the reason why the giants went out and got a guy like Devontae booker they look at at Booker as a guy that's got a more well-rounded skill set than than Wayne Gallman. At least that's the way that I read it. Um, you know, maybe we will see things if Saquon can't handle that workload. I've talked to Mark Schofield. I wonder if if we might see some packages. And this goes back to the creativity of the offense and and what Jason Garrett might change. I wonder if we would see some packages with a guy like Kadarius Tony running routes out of the backfield, you know, where they slip the ball to Tony, you know, on screens or short throws or whatever to try to replace some of that, you know, some of that productivity that you might get from Saquon, at least in the passing game. But you're not going to fully replace Saquon, but, but I, I think it might involve Tony. It might involve Booker. Um, you know, but we'll have to wait and see. But but you you don't replace the talent, the talent in the playmaking of a Barkley. No, you definitely don't. And good point. You know, that's actually something I wrote about uh, with Katarius Tony for the uh, previews that I've been doing, the player previews that I've been doing over on Giants Country. I, I speculated as to whether or not we would see him taking on some of the workload, so to speak, that you would ordinarily see for uh, for Saquon Barkley. 
All right, Ed, let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball. A little bit more stable, I think, over there, but still some question marks. Let's start off with the pass rush. How do you see that shaking out? Well, Patty, it's it's interesting because what I what I'm really curious about, everybody focuses on on Leonard Williams and can he repeat the 11 and a half sacks and, and and all of that. And, and I think that, that expecting Leonard Williams to, to become a consistent annual double digit sack guy is a little bit, you're just, you're overreaching there a little bit when you do that. He, I don't think he's that guy. He's a really good player who impacts the game in a lot of different ways. And as long as he's giving you impact, as long as he's in the backfield, as long as he's making some plays, then he's doing what you need him to do. I'm, I'm really interested to see when you talk about pass rush, I'm really interested to see how this edge group ends up shaking out because obviously we've talked for years about the Giants not having enough dynamic playmaking off the edge. And and now you look at a situation where you've got Lorenzo Carter coming back and, and Zoe has never been what the Giants maybe hoped he would be. In terms of you know turning into a dominant edge player, but he's a good player. He's a useful player going forward and backward. You've got O'Shane Zimenez coming back, and I don't know where I don't know where he fits. I, I'm real curious to see, you know, Ifedi Odenigbo whether he can help the pass rush. You've got second round pick Aziz Ojolari. Uh, I'm really curious to see how much workload he's able to handle. Because I I thought going back to to pre-draft, you know, if you read the the things that I had written about the draft and about Ojalari before the draft, I thought before the draft that he was the perfect defensive player to add to the mix for the Giants. And I was thrilled when they picked him up. And then you've got Ellerson Smith. So I, I think they have options. I don't know where it's gonna come from in the end, Patty. I don't know who's gonna step up. But I, I'm comforted. You still have Leonard Williams. I think Dexter Dexter Lawrence is continuing to get better as a pass rusher. Um, the options that they have on the edge just give me some comfort in the fact that I think out of the group they've got, somebody's going to step forward and, and be an impact player. Indeed. And Ed, I agree with you 100% on that. Hopefully the Giants can come up and develop a impact player at that pass rush position. Folks, we have plenty more still with Ed Valentine of Big Blue View as we get you ready for the start of New York Giants training camp. It kicks off tomorrow officially at the Quest Diagnostics Training Center. And uh, still to come, the announcement about my special guest for Tuesday's show, but first, folks, let me tell you about Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, info, and sign up bonuses for all your sporting needs by heading over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. When you open an account and use our special promo code LOCKED ON, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's code LOCKED ON for your 50% welcome bonus. Terms and conditions do apply. Bet Online, your online sportsbook expert. 
All right, folks, you got Patricia Trainer here on the Locked on Giants podcast. And Ed Valentine, a big blue view is with me as well. We are getting you ready for the start of Giants training camp. Again, it starts tomorrow with uh, media veils, which will be done via Zoom. You can start tuning in at, on Twitter around 11 o'clock or so Eastern time. That's when you will see the first uh, tweets coming out from head coach Joe Judge. And then I believe the players are scheduled for about 430 so I don't yet know who the players are going to be. They'll have on the calls, but um, I would say if you're looking for a time to tune in on Twitter to start seeing the first tweets, definitely be around, say, around 11 to 10 or so in the morning for Joe Judge and then about 4.30 or so for the players. And, of course, I will have that for you as well as I'm sure everybody else. But you can follow me on Twitter at Patricia underscore Trina. All right. Now, before we continue our conversation with Ed Valentine, I've been telling you about a special guest I have on Tuesday's program. And that special guest is Giants head coach Joe Judge, who I had the pleasure of speaking with last Friday on the telephone. We covered a variety of topics, including the hot topics that I'm sure everybody has questions about, and then a few, you know, miscellaneous topics, which I thought were really interesting, his answers. And I can't, you know, thank Joe enough for the time and and the Giants organization, who, of course, set up the interview. And I really think you guys and gals are going to enjoy it. And I hope you'll tune in and check it out. I think it'll be well worth the time to, uh, to give a listen. That interview will actually post tonight, being Monday night, um, probably between, I'm going to say, 9.30 and 10 o'clock, I should have it online for anybody who wants to listen to it. And then, of course, you'll be able to listen to it all day Tuesday. And well, actually, it'll be in the archives. So you'll be able to to get that anytime you want. But for the most part, that's the schedule or the planet at any rate is to release that interview sometime after 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. So hope you'll check it out, folks, and I hope you will enjoy the interview. All right, let's get back to our conversation with Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. And Ed, let's talk real quick about the back end of the defense. A lot of different options back there. I mean, are you um, as amazed as I am? I mean, thinking, how is Patrick Graham going to sort all this out? Yeah, it is. It is kind of amazing, Patty. And 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 when I think about it, you know, I think about Dave Gettleman and the Giants and all of the resources that that they've poured into the secondary over the past couple of years. And it's sort of that whole, you know, traditionally the approach on building a defense has been front to back. You've got to get the dominant defensive line. You've got to get the edge rushers. You know, more more recently, a lot of the analytics will tell you that that coverage is more important than pass rush, especially with so much quick game in the NFL now. And and and, you know, Dave makes fun of analytics, but but all of the the resources he's he's added in the secondary over the past two or three years certainly is uh, is a sort of analytically approved approach to, to building a defense. And, and I don't know how Patrick Graham is going to use all of these pieces. I mean, you have to assume that if everybody's healthy, 
somebody in that group is not going to play as much as they want to or as much as they feel like they should. I, I don't know who that's going to turn out to be at this point. But when I think about the Giants secondary, I wonder the one guy that I really wonder about, to be honest with you, is Jabril Peppers. And and as good as Peppers was a year ago, as energetic as he is, as good a player as he is, I wonder with all of the depth that they have, I wonder about Jabril's long term future in New York, which doesn't really have anything to do with 2021. But over the long term, I, I, you know, I think this is the last year of Jabril's contract. I wonder, um, I wonder if they're going to look at at Jabril and and think that they can move on without him. Yeah, I, I wonder about that as well. I mean, that's the one guy I was surprised they didn't do a contract for. But uh, you you wonder maybe Aaron Robinson might be a guy that they're looking to eventually take on that role. Ed, a couple more questions. Um, I want to talk real quick about special teams because last year there was a drop off in special teams. Now I, I just so happened to have pulled these numbers for an article I was writing. Punt return went from four to six kickoff return from 10 to 16 punt coverage from tied for fifth to 21st um, and kickoff return coverage eight from first to 16 in the, in the uh, rankings. What do you, first off, are you surprised given, you know, Joe Judge coming in, special teams coordinator for for many of his years? Are you surprised to, to, you know, to see such a drop off? And what do you, you know, where do you think they need to really beef up? Is it, is it just stabilizing the core group? Is it just getting faster? I mean, what do you see as being the key? Well, Patty, I did think that it was... I think it was disappointing to see the special teams sort of go backwards a year ago in terms of in terms of the coverage mostly um I and I thought that it was really interesting if you look at the a lot of the off-season acquisitions that the Giants you know that that the Giants had going back to Devontae Booker um Booker versus Gallman Gallman is not a special teams player. I don't know if he played any special team snaps last year, but but Booker has extensive special teams background. Gary Brightwell has ex- spe- has extensive special teams background. The sixth round pick, couple of the uh, the veteran cornerbacks that that the Giants brought in, um, who may or may not make the roster. Chris Minton and uh, Joshua Kalu have extensive special teams background. I think they paid a lot of attention to that. You know, when you stop and think about it, Patty, the Giants had a lot of really young players a year ago. They're playing. You know, they they had they had ten draft choices. Most of those guys. You made their way through the roster at one point or another. Cam Brown, as a rookie, turned into a really, really outstanding special teams player. But but young players make mistakes. Young players maybe aren't always in the place where they're supposed to be. You know, not to mention the fact that that Riley Dixon wasn't as consistent in in placing the ball a year ago as he had been prior to that. So. I think part of it is experience. I think part of it, you know, maybe is is bringing in 
more guys as the Giants did this offseason who who have special teams backgrounds. And it's an area that they have to improve, and it's an area that I, that I think they will improve in. I think it's sort of under the radar, but I think they paid a lot of attention to it this offseason. Yes, indeed. And now final question for you, Ed. What are the most pressing uh, things that you want to see the Giants resolve over the course of the summer before the start of the season? Oh, the most pressing things that that they that they need to resolve, Patty. I mean, I don't know if resolve is the right word, but I think everybody will feel a little bit more comfortable if we see a little bit of Saquon Barkley during training camp. So, you know, so everyone could breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief. Going, you know, going back to Barkley, I don't know if Saquon is in a situation where he's never had to rehab before. And there's some uncertainty in his own mind, you know, when you read some of the comments that he's made, or if this is just Saquon, you know, towing the towing the Joe Judge line and making sure he doesn't, you know, make any promises, sort of under promise, over deliver, you know, make sure he doesn't set any expectations. So I, I would love to see a little bit of Saquon. I think they need to to resolve. Um, a little bit of of the offensive line just to make sure that that those guys are all on the same page. I think the offensive line is kind of going to resolve itself just through work and experience. But you know, but there are there are all sorts of roster battles, Patty. Who's going to you know who's who are the the last couple of wide receivers going to be? Um, how is all that secondary depth going to shake out? You know, how are the how are the 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 edge rushers going to shake out, you know, because I think there's, you know, I have predicted that that O'Shane Ziminis might not make this roster. And 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 so I'm curious to see to see how that all shakes out as well. A lot of questions to come to be answered. And the the important thing is that this team get on the right track. They feel pretty good from what I can gather. They think that potentially they can make the playoffs. And in order to do that, they're going to have to win, obviously, more than six games. Ed, great stuff. Appreciate you, as always, for coming on the show and taking some time to talk football with me. Really looking forward to seeing you and everybody else when we kick things off on Wednesday. It's been a long time since we've had the opportunity to hang around during training camp. You know, last year, of course, being under tight COVID restrictions and really, you know, not a whole lot of interaction and whatnot. So we're kind of going back to normal and it should be a lot of fun. And I, of course, look forward to it. And Giant fans, again, don't forget to check out tonight, Monday night, on the Locked on Giants podcast, I will be dropping the interview, my exclusive interview with Giants head coach, Joe Judge, who spoke to me for about 15 minutes or so the other night, Friday night it was actually, about a variety of topics, some really good stuff in that interview, and I can't wait to bring that to you. And again, that should be available sometime around, I would say 9.30 p.m. Eastern if you want to check back for that content. So until then, folks, have a great one. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. And we'll be back with you all this week here on the Locked on Giants podcast.